Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 37th edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by Disney's number one hater, Jaden. Hello. Hello, and PTA's number one fanboy, a.k.a. Fitzy, a.k.a. Liam. Hey. Hi, hi. Well, uh, this is Cinema Effect, everyone. I feel like we're going for, like, a karma ASMR vibe today, you know? Like a peaceful... Yeah, it just feels very low energy. It does, yeah. I don't know if I dislike it, though. No, we'll, I feel like I'm usually too much energy. We'll, we'll be a slow build. Yeah, we'll start enraging when we start talking about yeah the, the film, and yeah, we'll get into political debates and we'll start screaming at each other. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for you to cut out like 40 minutes worth of political discussion. <laughs> no, I, w- I would never. I would never. No, nah, I probably would, actually. But um, let's see how much I can get through the intro keeping this tone of voice right here, so we'll give it a go. Okay, I'm beginning now. For the uninitiated, this is Cinema Effect, the podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday. The show posts on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music if you're fortunate enough to have access to that thing. So please subscribe and all those things if you enjoy the show. You can visit ratethispodcast.com slash cinemaeffect to leave a five-star review. We'll read it on the show. Follow the Instagram page. Submit your questions, thoughts, reviews for next week's film in the YouTube comments section. We'll read that at the end of next week's show as always but our specific question of the week is a pretty simple one all right we had to think about if we've done it before or not because it seems so straightforward favorite comedy movie everyone has an answer to this so type yours in the comments we'd love to see that i don't really like comedies that much so i'll have to think about that too. Oh, you don't like to laugh you don't like to be happy no i hate it uh, absolutely hate it that's yeah. fair yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, this week we're reviewing The Trial of the Chicago 7, uh, which debuted on Netflix on October 16th, 2020. It was directed by Aaron Sorkin. The genre is a, uh, is a historical drama, and the synopsis is the story of seven people on trial stemming from various charges surrounding the uprising at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago, Illinois. How did we feel about the trial of the Chicago 7? Were you guys interested in in watching this movie prior to us doing it? Because I know I was, but was it on any of your radars? Um, absolutely not. I, 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 I had no intention of watching this. Um, and in fact, going right. into watching it, like when I started watching it for the show, like I went in with a bad taste and for about the first 20 minutes... You know, I kept that, but then I, 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 I it, it pretty, I pretty soon got in, uh, got into it, and I, I, and I ended up quite enjoying it. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it just because you hadn't really heard about it, or is it something about? Oh, I just had no interest in it. Subject matter, the genre. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. I mean, like, there, there was lots of names in it that that I recognised, and I mean, like, you know, is it, like, I, I have nothing against anything about the film. It's just that I didn't care for it much. Um. But yeah, I'm happy I watched it. Okay, okay, cool. I feel like I kind of had the opposite thing where I was interested in watching it. And, you know, as I've said many times, I'm on the hunt for 2020 movies. This is definitely a, you know, fairly big release, I would say, this year. And I was interested in watching it, looking forward to watching it. And I was watched it and I was kind of left like, okay, that was fine. I, I, th- I thought the movie was decent enough. I didn't dislike it. I didn't really like it that much either, though. But, uh, but how about you, Liam? Yeah, no, I, th- I was pretty much the same. I thought, I thought it was um, decent. 
Um, I mean, I think it's really well written and stuff, but I, I just think the kind of nature of, like, the, um, you know, people going against the ignorant judge and kind of, mm. it's kind of a lack of a soundtrack and stuff, and that kind of just doesn't inherently uh, appeal to me as much, but that's not, that's just, like, my taste, not a fault of the, uh, the film, I guess. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I guess. Yeah, I, I found like in when they first get in the courtroom that first day, right? And Joseph Gordon Levitt's like the literally the first thing they do in the courtroom, and he starts giving the argument. Um, you know, his argument, his opening address to the jury, and he's interrupted like eighty times by the judge and and whatever, and of course the judge is just you know, atrocious, absolutely awful. So at that point, I don't know if the film had the effect or gave me the impression it wanted, where I felt like it it, it was trying to obviously get me to hate the judge and root for the seven, which is cool. But instead I was just kind of left rolling my eyes of how obnoxious this was. It's like, and the judge can't remember anyone's name. And it's just so blatantly a terrible job like so such a the judge is so awful at his job that i'm just like oh okay is this really how black and white and uninteresting this is right now and that kind of never changed for me you know um so i know that that character annoyed me in, in the way that I, I don't know if it had the effect it wanted but is that what you were talking about in relation to the judge fitzy yeah kind of well i just mean like this kind of story doesn't appeal to me as much but I can see what you mean with mm. the uh, the comedy aspects. Although I thought there was some parts of the comedy that was kind of well done, but maybe too like um, yeah, maybe maybe too much, like you said. Maybe it's too like forceful or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's, I do think there's like maybe a handful of too many moments of. Um, either, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen or whoever, any one of them, like, you know, being defiant or whatever and, and being uh, quick-witted and responding to the judge to be a smart-ass. And, you know, it was, like, funny, like, maybe, like, the first two times and then it just kept happening, you know? I felt like the movie had sort of played all its cards in the humour department pretty early. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't terrible humour by any means, but I was just like, okay, this is cool, I guess. But yeah, how'd you, how'd you feel about the humour, Jaden? Because it was actually one of the main things I sort of took notes about because I was, I was sort of hit and miss on it, I think, generally. Well, I, I didn't really think it was an overly present feature. I mean, like it was kind of only with um, Jeremy Strong and uh, Baron Cohen's uh, uh, characters. And I thought it was in, in dispersed well enough that it wasn't, you know, too overbearing, you know, to, to make light of the source material. And I thought, um, I think there's a lot of cringe things in the like within the film, like in terms of the writing. But I would, I don't think the like the comedy was really ever an issue for me. Because like, I, sure, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm just trying to think back to it. I can't really recall too many instances of it. Like, and obviously in the in the courtroom, like when they're rebutting with the judge, like, you know, they dress up as the, uh, you know, in the robe and they take it off in the uniform and stuff. But like, I can't recall too much other than that. And I think that, you know, like all, you know, them being dumbasses and, you know, smartasses throughout the rest of the film, you know, that's just in their character. So I wouldn't really 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, I never took issue with it. It was the best. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, that was yeah. That, that that was a bit silly. Yeah, I remember that moment. But um, I know. But now, yeah, Jeremy Strong does have some pretty decent moments as well. Like um, oh, actually, no, sorry. That he has with yeah, his uh, yeah. his obsession with uh the uh the, the police woman. Like like when that he, was good. I like that. Really, because I was gonna say like that's the one thing like that like you know when he sees um uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt in the park, and he's like you know does she ever talk about me or whatever like like that's like I think like that's the one moment <laughs> I can recall now that I was like yeah uh, that's yeah. A bit cringe. Yeah, in terms of the like, comedy wise. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. That's funny. That's actually like, I don't think it was hilarious, but that is one of the that kind of stood out to me as being okay though. Yeah. But, yeah. But that's I, funny. I, though. I just think it's it's like I I think I think it's because I I hear Sorkin talked up so much as a writer, and just hearing such like a generic line, rock up, mm. you know, is kind of what threw me off about sure. it. It's kind of like the same way how at the end, you know, where where, where Levitt's character says, uh, showing respect to the fallen as he stands up. Like, that was cringe as. And then, like, <laughs> and, like, it's like, it, it was kind of that, because, like, I don't think there was anything inherently wrong with, like, lines throughout the film, but I think it was because it came with, you know, the the, the fact that it was attached to Sorkin's name, and I've heard so much about him, and, you know, obviously after seeing the social network, it kind of made these average lines seem a lot worse than what they were. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand that. Yeah, I'm in a similar sort of boat where, for me, like, the identity of this movie sort of does, you know, we talked about it last week when we said we're doing this movie, the identity of the movie sort of does encapsulate Aaron Sorkin a little bit. He's kind of so entwined with it in my brain a little bit of, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, Trials of Chicago 7, that's an Aaron Sorkin movie. And, yeah, I, I get what you mean. Maybe that does have a bit of a negative effect on it because, of how, you know, well-regarded he is as a writer. Especially when, you know, a lot of the time we kind of just, for movies, we sort of just don't pay attention to who wrote them a lot of the time. So, yeah, things like that we wouldn't think of. But when, yeah, we're paying so much attention to who wrote it and then we hear things like that, yeah. I don't disagree with you. That was kind of – I mean, I, I don't know if I'd say, like, the, the, the fallen thing was cringe, but it was definitely like uh, – It was, was cringe. I, 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 <laughs> I'm, on your, I'm on your train of thought, though. I think it was it was cliche, no doubt. It was super, yeah. It was pretty straightforward stuff, yeah. yeah. Like, like I, th- I think, like, um, like I think, I think, like the majority of the of the film's writing was good. I think the the, the dialogue was great, and the way that it was, you know, the, I, I think, like, you know, the, the the pace of it, you know, the the back and forth, you know, between the characters when they go back to the house and how how fast that was, and and you know, I think a lot of the courtroom stuff is rather poignant, you know, for now. So, like, I think I think the writing was, you know. In the majority, it was it was pretty pretty decent, but it's it's just that when it did falter, it's rather clear. Wait, can I? Can we try something? How sure. many what, what do you remember? How many character names can you guys remember? Oh. <laughs> uh, Tom Hayden, Abby Hoffman. Oh, wow. Um, well, uh, <laughs> Weiner, Wensler. Uh. Uh, um, Bobby Seal, um, oh, yeah. Bernadette was the was the uh was like the admin person. Who? Um, <laughs> yeah, who? What? Uh, she's the one that kept on answering conspiracy office when people would call. Um, oh, that's right. Uh, hold on. D- Dellinger was uh was the was the bloke that was never violent but then punched to someone. I can't remember Jeremy Strong's character name. Oh god. 
God. And then, then the other two, like, throwaway characters. You know, it was meant to be, like, five, but it was seven. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. That was a good question, Fitz. Yeah, I, I like that. We should do that for, mo- for certain movies, I think, try and remember those names. Because now that you say that, though, you've kind of sort of raised the point for me of, I do find the movie pretty forgettable, generally speaking. Is, are you the same way, or was it just, like, the character name specifically that made you say that? No, it was just uh, the character names. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, Tom Hayden, I thought, I thought he was really – he, he was Eddie. Eddie. Right now, yeah. yeah. I thought he was a really yeah. good character. Um, I thought he was the best character, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I just like how he's kind of, um, se- like, separates himself from the group and kind of has his own morals and stuff, his own way of doing it. Absolutely, absolutely. And then in that, I feel like he's the only character that has a, or at least has the most obvious arc that I can think of. You know, he clearly has development in exactly what you're talking about. Whereas I don't, I didn't get that. Like I appreciated that the, oh God, their names though. I appreciate that the Sasha Baron Cohen character, he had that sort of more in-depth opening up moment with Eddie Redmayne. I appreciated that, but I wouldn't ever say like he had any sort of significant character progression in the movie, you know? Oh, sorry. Speaking about them too, it it brings me to another point I remembered about like the fault in the script. Was that yeah. a lot of the, like, not a lot, but like often at, at, uh, like a character would imagine something for the express purpose of the script being able to introduce that element next. And I think like what comes to mind immediately was that when they're at the house, Jeremy Strong asks, uh, Tom Hayden, uh, I should really say either the character or the actor, not both. Um, you know, they ask, <laughs> um, you know, I heard counselors talking to you about taking the stand. And then the next moment he comes in the door and he goes, you're not taking the stand. And the only reason that was ever first brought up was for that moment to happen. And it just felt mm-hmm. like, you know, once again, with someone like Sorkin, I kind of expected a more smooth transition or something, you know, something I expect him to embed that kind of better rather than just, oh, by the way, what about this? Oh, it, it goes into this action. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That, yeah, that's that, that's tricky. I mean, I, yeah, I feel you there. That could have been done more smoothly. But what what did you like about old Eddie Redmayne? I'm going to stick with. I'm I'm choosing a side, Jade, and I'm choosing the actor side. That's what I'm going with. How'd, what did you like about Eddie Redmayne, though, Fitzy? Uh, like yeah, like I said before, I just think he's like a unique kind of character. Um, because he he didn't seem as caught up in the movement as the other guys. He kind of seemed like he had more like belief in the in the root of the cause. And that the other guys were more, because I think that's what he criticizes Abby for, for being more just kind of riding the wave or whatever. Yeah. So you can tell he has like conviction and stuff. And um, I think Eddie Redman like plays the character really well. Um, yeah. Yeah, he does a good job. Absolutely. He, um, I appreciate that, you know, from the start, we're sort of first introduced to him as being the the person in the group who's much more focused on the result for them personally. You know, he's always, he, he seems more concerned about let's just behave. We're already in this situation. Let's get a lesser sentence. You know what I mean? Let's, let's not uh, try and create too much controversy or whatever. And I think, you know, given the circumstances they're in, that's a totally 
fair perspective to have that I'm sure, you know, a ton of people would have too, and that, that's cool. But I, what I then also enjoyed was throughout the movie, him essentially by the end and the entire ending being him sort of, you know, his mind being changed on that stance and the whole, you know, the whole world is watching thing kind of coming to a head there, him reading the names, throwing it all out. And, you know, it's a situation where he has that progression, but it doesn't ever feel like, oh, he saw the light, thank God. It felt like, oh, no, he made a choice right there that he he knew the best choice that was for him and his movement from the start and that that is really what he wanted to achieve and he did that, you know, because at the end of the day, like, obviously his concern for their jail time is obviously a very fair concern to have. So, I don't know, it was kind of more, it was character progression that was sort of rooted in um, the character's motivations as opposed to, I don't know, something more external or something that was a bit less subtle. Him, like, not simping for the judge at the end and reading the names. Yeah. That was, um, actually, I really like that part, really. Got me. I really liked that, uh, just the, I mean, it's a bit cliche or whatever, but the whole reading the names thing was good, I think. How, um, how based in real life yeah. is this? Like, did he actually stand up and read all the names? Or? I would assume so. That's a, that, that would be a huge liberty to take, you know? Because yeah. that is like literally the entire climax of the movie. Yeah, really. pretty much. Yeah, I would yeah, hope so. Can you help me take to read out four thousand names? Like, surely someone cut him off. Oh, I'm going to search it now. So, <laughs> mm, yeah, please do, please do. I should have done that. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be surprised if he actually read all of them. No, they just kept, you know, cheering for the next ten hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, you're right though. Like, I can see it being a sort of cliche, like happy, heroic triumphant moment at the end of this sort of film but i don't know yeah no you're right it worked for me because of everything we'd previously seen with eddie redmayne um you know stick it to that dickhead of a judge you know that was that was satisfying um but yeah no something about the visual of you know the judge going stop stop even like hammering the hammer and losing control of the courtroom yeah it's sort of i don't know it's sort of it's a bit predictable but i enjoyed it too it's a pure movie moment um, it did not no. occur in real life. Oh, no. <laughs> no, okay. Really? So, yeah, so so apparently Hayden did give a speech at the end of the trial, but it had nothing to do with the names. The names were read. But they attempted to read out the names at an earlier point in the trial, though. Oh, okay. Right. But, yeah, so so, so that ending was <sighs> the old movie. All right, well, I'm not a fan of that now. I mean, no, it's still a good moment in the movie, but I'm like, it's, that's a bit of a letdown. Did any of you guys find Sasha Baron Cohen's accent off and weird? I don't know what he was doing. Well, I don't know. Wasn't he from, like, New York or Jersey or something like that? He said it weird it to me. He didn't sound like that. Well, they said they crossed, like, four state lines, didn't they? I'm pretty, they, 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 they said at some point, like, you know, where they moved, where they came from. Because, I mean, like, that was yeah. kind of, you know, the core of the conspiracy, but I, I can't recall. But I'm pretty sure, because, like, they came through Ohio, so that means they were from, like, the northeast. That, yeah, so, that, that, yeah, that works. I assume yeah. somewhere from there. I mean, I, I, okay, all right. I brought it up because I got this trivia, and I thought other people, I thought you guys would be annoyed with it too or think it was weird, but anyway. Sasha Baron Cohen admitted he was terrified of having to do an American accent for the film. He'd used a few different variations of the accent for comedic reasons, but never in a dramatic role. He knew, oh, actually, you know what? I'm such a dumbass. I didn't read the full trivia. I'm just like, so there's trivia here about his accent. I'm going to throw it in. 
Here we go. Here we go. This answers my question. He knew Abby Hoffman had a unique voice, having a Massachusetts accent, but also having gone to school in California. Okay. All right. That sounds like you'd have a weird accent. That's fine. And he was worried he would sound wrong. Aaron Sorkin had to reassure him that the role was not an impersonation, but an interpretation, which uh, which Baron Cohen claimed did not help much. Nor would it. That's that's a very vague statement. Um, okay, never mind. I understand that. You know, Massachusetts accent, California accent, both pretty specific. Mix them together. You're bound to have a weird voice. Are you going to do with that voice? That- yeah, you're the impression guy that we established early on. I wish I had any comprehension of the voice or any recollection of it, other than it was weird, so. Nah, I definitely can't. Sorry. I'm sorry. How'd you, um, how'd you feel about the the way that the film told its story by cutting between the courtroom and a flashback and, you know, the, uh, the stand-up routine? Uh, oh, it was, yeah, I didn't like it that much. I think it made for some cool edits. You know, there were some moments from memory like where, you know, five different characters have been cut between to like form the one sentence. And I like that mm. kind of thing a lot. Um, yeah. So in that sense, I appreciate it. But yeah, it went, went, like when we get the moments where they're in the courtroom, you know, in the present and they cut back to the past for like 10 minutes to kind of display an event. Yeah. I don't know. It was fine, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how else you'd do it because I wouldn't want to put that stuff at the front of the movie either. That'd be uninteresting too. But like, well, when when they get the moment of, um, I can't remember the context anymore. But Eddie Redmayne uh, compromised, you know, a police vehicle, and then we get the ten minute flashback just leading into him popping a wheel. It's like, okay, did I did I really need that? Actually, now you point that out, that probably didn't need that long of a flashback. That's that's a good point, to be honest. Yeah, it was a bit off. I don't know. Oh, freaking Michael, Michael Keaton turning up. That was great. <laughs> that was great. He just turned up like that. I enjoyed the time he was there. So did I. That's my that's my voice of like <laughs> I'm agreeing with you, but I'm about to get critical. So so did I because it's Michael Keaton and him popping out was great, and it was like the. Uh, sort of Bob Odenkirk moment from last week kind of thing for me. But like, did he, he didn't really add anything to the movie. It was just Michael Keaton, you know? He didn't really. That's true. Um, he just walked in and. But wasn't that the point? The fact that he was meant to change stuff, but then he didn't because the judge pretty much overruled. That's fair. That's true. So I, I guess, well, I guess the effect of that would just make me hate the judge more that, you got Michael Keaton in here and he was useless because of the judge? I mean, not that he made Michael Keaton redundant, but he made what he <laughs> said redundant. Because the judge because knows I, he's I, talking I, to Michael Keaton. Yeah, well, like, 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 I think, it, you know, if, if, if there's anything in that film that's meant to piss you off about the judge, it's meant to be that scene. The fact that, they, that such critical information is revealed and, you know, it's, it's, it's not made. Well, but sorry, one thing I don't understand is how, how would the, the jury not find out about that because, like, everyone else in the courtroom still heard that, and the press is there. Would the jury not read about that in the press, or are like, or the, are they like banned from reading newspapers while they're on their duty? They'd be banned, presumably. Yeah, they'd be locked in hotel rooms and shit. But like, they'd be 
closed off from so much other information from the world as well in that case. Like, that kind of seems... Yeah, I mean, like, it makes sense as to, like, not inflict a bias on the case, but, I mean, like, it also kind of seems a bit shitty. Oh, yeah, super shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's one of the, uh, you know, I think, I think, you know, that's one of the points the film's trying to make. It's, 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 it's criticizing, you know, the, uh, the justice system, especially back then. Yeah, but I feel like it kind of fails at that because. And that's, yeah, and because that's, uh, that's, one, that's one of my main problems with the film. It kind of feels like it jumps between what it's trying to do a lot because it kind of, it feels like it's trying to criticize the justice system, but it's also trying to act as, it's trying to, you know, chat its civil rights stuff. And, and then it also tries to criticize Vietnam. And it try, it, it feels like it's trying to do too much and it's jumping between it. And it never feels like it does any one successfully enough. A hundred percent. No, no, no. I'm so with you where it's this thing of like, obviously the films are rooted in civil rights and, and that general idea. And at the time, of course, within the, the film's context, it's very much, you know, Vietnam. That's what it's all about. But, like looking back at the movie, I don't really know what it's criticizing, yeah. other than you know, I guess Vietnam. Sure, that's fine, but like you know, that that's definitely not a new thing to criticize. So, um, other than that, though, yeah, it's sort of vague. Like, is it criticizing the justice system? Because if it is, like having the most clearly incompetent judge of all time sit in on this case, when you, you know what I mean? Like, there's like. Hundred, I don't know how many judges. Say tens of thousands of incredibly competent judges that are terrific at their jobs in the world, and your critique of the justice system is just like, oh, this judge is awful. You know what I mean? It's not really a, a, a competent. But I think, I think, it, I think it's more than that because I, I it, it, like it, it, I think one thing that the film tries to make clear is that the fate of the seven was decided before you know the trial even started. You know, there was those two ones that, that there was those two at the end that weren't going to get anything. And then the other ones were condemned to prison for sure, and it was just a matter of how much prison time they got. You know. Oh, yeah. So I think like it, it does more than just criticize it by showing an incompetent judge, although that is a major factor. Yeah, no, no, that's a good point. I guess so. Then I guess I just mean that it's it's too much of a factor for me to your point. But I mean, like, but, um, if, if if you're basically like cause, like they throw that stat up the at the end, like where like seventy eight percent of people found like of like practicing professionals found him incompetent. So, I mean, if that's the thing that's based in real life, how much can you... I mean, like, they took massive liberties with the ending, I guess, so like, they could have changed that a bit, but... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah, like, 78% of of his peers in real life thought that, right? But if the, if those people were actually judging the, the film depiction, I presume it'd be surely, like, <laughs> like yeah. 99% thought that, you know? I got my toys today about the... the it doesn't... Do a good job because like because of the bad judge and everything. Mm. And also, there's also that line of dialogue from Abby, from Sasha's character, who he says like, you know, our institutions are a great thing. It's just a few bad apples that are ruining them or whatever. Which kind of oh, he does say that comes back to your point, which is that it doesn't critique the actual institutions well, you know. No, no. So so yeah. Well, he said that in that case to protect himself because if he critiqued the institution, then Levitt's character would have smothered him with that, you know. So I kind of yeah. see him just saying that yeah. as a form of protection, but with by but well, still trying to be able to say his piece. It felt like he believed that though. When that's that's occurred after his you know thing with uh, Red Man's character, and and they kind of oh, yeah. see each other on that same level. So that's why I kind of see him because you know had it been before that confrontation, I think he'd be happy to go down swinging. 
but then posted, I think he was looking at, you know, the other people in trial and ensuring that they wouldn't have to, you know, endure worse mm. than what they could have. Cause I, I, oh, I that's like, true. Yeah, I, I think, like, he's for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, no, but yeah, you're making great points, and that's my thing. I just – this makes it even more unclear for me. So let's say the film isn't critiquing institutions just for the sake of this, right? Let's pick a side. Then, yeah, what – what going back to that question, what what is it critiquing? I don't really know. Again, other than Vietnam, of course. You know what I mean? Because other than that, I, like, yeah. all I can sort of think about is the, the film, okay, critical of Vietnam and also pro-fairness. It's like, okay, cool. I think that's a lot of people. I think that's a, it's a, not really an uncommon uh, perspective. Well, so, like. Yeah, well, like one of the other common veins is, is you know, is it civil rights? You know, like we see Bobby Seal treated horribly and, you know, the execution of the Black Panther, uh, that dies. Um, yeah. But then again, it, once again, it doesn't feel like, because, like, as soon as they dismiss, you know, as soon as they have a mistrial for, 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 for Bobby you know, that element of the film's pretty much out the window. So. Yeah, he vanishes from the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked the moment where, yeah, when Bobby Seale has the line of, like, yeah, he was shot in the shoulder, you know what that means, right? Like, he he had no self-defense at that point. I thought that was that was a cool little reveal there. But also just the fact that the scene where Bobby Seale is taken out of the courtroom and uh, and his mouth is gagged and the way that's all cut together with, Everyone else like kind of awkwardly sitting around in the courtroom waiting. Um, that was my standout scene in the movie. I think. Yeah. Um, I thought the editing was solid there. I thought that was all quite effective. Um, because, like I'd said, like I, I'd kind of tuned out of the whole judges bad side of the movie because I've, I'd I get it, cool, whatever. Like judges a dickhead, understood. Um, that kind of reinvigorated that in me though. When I saw that, I was like, oh Jesus, okay. That's, that's trash. That's yeah. trash. Like, like Levitt's character points it out. Like, the, I don't understand how you have someone bound and gagged in an American courtroom. And hundred percent. Like, I don't understand Is how that there wasn't more another severe. Another liberty of the film. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Like, could could could? Uh, I mean, like, look, it was '68 in America, so it probably did happen. But like, you know, mm. like it, it's such a like it's such an obvious breach, and like in a, in a in a case. Where like it, it it just didn't seem, you know. Yeah, it was it was totally nuts. It was like the event itself. That is, it was, it was totally unbelievable, you know. And that's why I hope to God it happened. Not obviously not for Bobby Seale's sake, but just in terms of recreating this historical event, some you know, with some semblance of accuracy. Just because that's such a crazy moment to create for this, I think. Yeah, no, that did happen. Okay, cool. He was gagged okay. and changed well, that, that, his That's terrible. Tomorrow. That's terrible. But I'm, I'm, I am glad it happened because if Aaron Sorkin made that up, that would have been just like a bit much. Are there any other, other sort of cast members worth talking about? I like the dude from Zodiac when he popped up. You know, well, you know, he's yeah, not it's, in it so much, it's but... so it's so jarring going from Zodiac to that. Don't like, like, cause like you know, like that, oh. like when I first saw him as well, I was like, holy shit, it's that dude. Um, and like, so it's hard to get that image out of your head, you know? But oh, no, again, that, I get, I've that, seen him. That's a thing on me rather than. Yeah, probably. Oh, I understand that though, because he is, he is really good in Zodiac, but, um, but no, I've seen him in a fair few other things. Like he's, 
he's uh, he's in the founder too, and he's just kind of like a lovable guy in that. So like I, I'm I'm good with him in this sort of role as well. And then did we like Sasha Baron Cohen's dramatic acting? Because he had that yeah that Eddie Redman conversation was like okay I'm I'm won over by this performance here. Yeah, uh, uh, was alright. Well, how much comedy is? Uh, uh, I think he's mainly comedy, right? In the film, probably. I mean, uh, I guess in the second half, becomes more dramatic. Yeah, but his his his, his, yeah. he, his comedy is his vehicle of proving his point. So, like, that's why it's in there. Oh so yeah. Much. yeah. Yeah, but it's not like, it's still not like, I think what you're saying is that, yeah, it's not like a crazy dramatic role, really. You know, it's not like he's playing the most grounded character ever. Yeah, well, the second half definitely has some drama with this character. Oh, definitely, Which yeah. He's acted pretty well. Yeah. I mean, considering he's in, like, you know, Bruno and Bora and plays those really out there characters, like, for that, he did a dramatic role pretty well, if you consider, like, the range there, you know. Well, wasn't he like a like a tough spy man last year in like some like Mossad film? I'm pretty sure. Oh yes, my dad watched that show. Yeah, he was. That was, I think, to my knowledge, that was a 100 percent dramatic role. I don't know. I think it was just the fact it's a true story. You know, true stories just struggle to connect with me. I think a lot of the time, especially when I don't know. I just feel like it constrains and restricts a filmmaker's narrative ability. And obviously, you know, they, they I'm sure Aaron Tolkien chose to choose this do this movie. It's not like it's being forced on him, but Yeah, I just read he's been producing it. He's been working on it since two thousand seven. Right, right, because yeah, Spielberg was attached to direct at some point, I think. So yeah, this has been long in the he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know, like when you when you Basing your movie around these true events, and you're writing a script about that, it's you're in a situation where you're you're grounded in the reality of the event to some level. You know, obviously, many creative liberties are taken. We've talked about this literally in a a similar sort of thing in a question of the show before. But yeah, it's a, I don't know. It's a situation where obviously, you know, believe it or not, real life's traditionally more boring than a story someone can make up in their brain. I I, so, I thought. I can't recall who it is. It's it's some writer, but he said that real stories are better because they are the ones that are stranger than fiction. Because if they're that, because if 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 a real story warrants being told, then it are the ones that are, you know, you know, they they are the ones that are really truly good stories. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I see that, and I feel like I'm in the minority on this perspective. Um, I think the way it's edited, because we, we, we briefly spoke about it before when I brought up the thing, but like the, um, the, the editing made for some really brilliant tension building. Especially, I, 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 I think it was with the first confrontation where, 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 with the take the hill thing. Like in, in that moment, as it was cutting between the courtroom, the stand up and the recreation, not recreation. It was a, it was a, it was a flashback, I guess. Yeah, I, I think that was probably like my favorite example of it. Where I think I think it really superbly, like you know, built up, and it, I think it, it it was really it was a really good release. You know. Yeah, thank you for breaking that up. Yeah, because I didn't write it down, and absolutely should have. I did really like the cutting between, yeah, the recreation, the the, the film, and those real life 
images. Uh, that's something I would like to see. I don't know if I've seen that before. Maybe I have, but that's something I'd oh, like actually, to see yeah, more sorry, generally. In- yeah, sorry. Um, that's that's something I was thinking. Um, because you know the Five Bloods did it earlier in the in in the year when we were talking about it. But I, and I was going to say this film does it a lot better than what you know that did. Yeah, I don't even remember it doing it. Did it? It 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 did. Well, at the start, it showed us that montage of you know, like to get get, get us up to space, uh, up to the pace. Oh, but sure. Then yeah. also, but that's all like cutting back and forth. Also, throughout the film, they they throw up an occasional photograph or, or like you know, I can't remember if there was actual video, but there was definitely real photographs take like that were like thrown up at, at moments. And I'm pretty sure we did discuss how it was jarring. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there were, but there were clips as well. Yeah, that might be the case. That's ringing a bell. I said something about that being jarring, yeah. But in this movie, it was seamless just because, yeah, like, it was the perfect recreation straight to the image, back into the movie, you know, perfect framing and blocking, recreating the image, mm. then, you know, cut to the image for three seconds back. You know, that was seamless stuff, yeah. yeah. I really like that. Well, as, uh, as far as Netflix films about Vietnam go, uh, this was the better one <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah. It's its own genre now. The scenes where the frat, you know, the frat guys in the the crowd, who were yeah, that annoyed me. American flag, and then they tried to assault the girl in the middle. Oh, of that the was yard. yeah, that was egregious, dude. The riot. I don't know if that was true or not, but if it's true, that's fucked up. But if it's not, I just put it in there. That's just strange. That's how I feel about a few of the occurrences in the film. It kind of felt like there were a few lines or actions that were kind of shoved in to try and you know, allow the audience to make that connection of, you know, of what's happening then is happening today. Although the audience really didn't need that. It, it kind of made, it kind of seemed like he was treating the audience as if it were dumb because like there was, mm. look, I, I'm sure, I'm, I'm like 90% sure this was made prior to this year's events, but the, the line where Rylance asks um, Bobby Seal if he can breathe, it felt like it was so, I'm not sure if it was oh, just because of my, my 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 perspective, but it it felt like it was so shoehorned in, and it was just there was just mm. other instances of that. That'd have to be a coincidence, right? Yeah, I mean, like surely, surely. Yeah, I'm with you there, but, but oh, maybe not. Oh, yeah. But it it, it, it but the, yeah, well, sorry, like so, like so, it's like that instance, and then also like that assault there. It, it felt like it was trying, especially because like he said, you're getting what you deserved, and it was so much. Oh, get back in the kitchen. Like it was such, yeah, it was no, such that, generic shit, and it was such you know, it was such a typical thing, and like that that was another case of it felt too bad to be a Sorkin line, you know. Yeah, that that that. Thank you. Yeah, that that was bad. That was bad. Like that was that was lazy writing, dude. Like if you're throwing that in there, it's like, yeah, literally just so shoehorned in of these people, like just literally walking with them, just shouting the most generic abuse ever. Abuse that's so generic that, like, you know, like I'd say it ironically as humor. You know, that's how generic and terrible of a line it is. You know what I mean? That's how, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Once again, it was 60s America, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's just such a terrible thing to say to someone, in, especially within the context of them being the way they were intruding on the protest. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a lot. But yeah, no, you're not wrong, though, actually. <laughs> You're not wrong about that, though. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I'm actually now that I'm thinking about it, like for one millisecond longer, it probably did happen. But within the movie, you're right. It felt a bit jarring. It felt a bit much. 
maybe I'm just refusing to accept that that shit was very commonplace, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, sorry, I'm, I, I, I know I said I have no, but I'm going through like an accuracy thing, like something that some people wrote up was website slate.com. And it mm. seems like Sorkin took like a shit ton of liberties. Yeah. I mean, that's a shame. That's, that's just a bit disappointing to me. But yeah, I, I know. I've talked about that at length at this point. Alrighty, Fitzy, give us your special score out of five. Uh, I give it a three out of five. I think it's, it's pretty good. I've been thinking, does it need, like, instead of me just saying, okay, Jaden out of ten, Fitzy out of five, like, should it be, I feel like I need something else to even make it even more jazzy, you know? Like, I was thinking about saying, okay, like, Fitzy score out of, five stars, but traditionally the star system, you can use half points, which you can't, so that would just be wrong. Oh, what are you saying? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But, you know, like I could say, okay, Fitzy, what's your score out of five something? You know, out of five, Fitzy, oh, Fitzy right, points? Right, right. Five. Oh, top gun. Yeah, yeah, right. Something like that. Do you want, have you have you got any feelings towards this, or am I just oh. a psycho for having thought about this at all? Oh yeah, that undercover officer that 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 Jeremy Strong falls for didn't even exist in real life. Right. Okay. Yeah. There you go. She's Aaron Sorkin. She's Aaron Sorkin. That's my like, that's my thing, right? If you're going to make a movie, okay, and you're gonna you want to touch on certain themes and subject matter, and you're going to take this much creative liberties, just write an original screenplay, okay. If you're going to choose an event to base your film on, do it accurately or don't do it at all. I just needed to, I needed to hammer that home because I felt like I didn't summarize it properly before. Anyway, Fitzy. The, 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 uh, the, the attempted rape wasn't real. Oh, shit. Sorry. Damn it, you're exposing yeah. him hard. You're exposing him hard. <laughs> oh, no, it, it should be something relevant to the uh, to the film. How many oh. of the Chicago protesters are you, are you putting in prison? <laughs> <laughs> Three, you'll be putting three in prison, Fitzy? Two, three or five, yeah. The other cool. two. Okay. Yes. Oh, no. One yes. of the other two, the ones that. Yeah, well, 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 two of them two of them went off. So, so of the five that went to prison, how many would you personally put to prison? All right, I'll put in Dellinger, the Zodiac guy. Um, he's a bit strange. Um, and the two, you know, Abby and. I know Jeremy. I can't put Jeremy in. Um, Abby and Rennie. Rennie? Who's Rennie? The 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 one that got smacked in the back of the head with a bat. Yeah, sure. I'm pretty um, sure his name was Rennie. Right? Redman, yeah. Well, Redman can't go in, so Rennie it is. Okay, okay. Well, um, thank you, Fitzy, for answering. So, yeah, okay. We'll go with it based on the film, and then potentially in certain certain contexts, we can then ask you the you know, which three or, or, or whatever, you know? Next week, you can be how many crime families are you going to kill off? Yes. And which ones? Or it can be like which Italian foods are you going to eat at the table, you know? Uh, a crucial new part of our law. <laughs> yeah, huge, huge. We've just reinvented the show right here. Spent way too long doing it as well. What about you, Jan? What are you giving us? Um... I think I was going to give it an eight, but then after reading through all like the shit that's changed, and after discussing it a bit more, I'm going to drop it down to a seven. Um, I still really enjoyed it. I, th- I I thought it was pretty good, but 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 like I said, you know, throughout this, there, there were some shit that 
was shit. So yeah. Cool, cool. I'll give it a. Uh, I mean, I'll give it a five. I guess I was torn between a five and a six, but you know, splitting hairs, I'll give it a five. And it's just sort of general feelings towards the way in which you know the film was tackled and what it was about and how it sort of bored me more often than not. It was pretty one note off more often than not. Um, but, you know, we appreciated some editing. We appreciated some character moments. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt brings up some points for me. So, yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a dead even five. Now it's time to transition into our news chat segment, guys. Uh, we've got some trailers that I know Jaden has seen. But, yo, Fitzy, have you seen the Chaos Walking or the Tom and Jerry trailer or both? No, um, no, but uh, Chaos Walking, I've constantly seen updates of, like, when's it coming and stuff, so it's cool that it's finally coming. Yeah, is this is this the movie that I saw a while ago that wasn't going to be released because of how terrible it was? Is this this one? Yeah, yeah, the test screenings were ah. so bad that they had to go back and do extensive reshoots. That's it. That's it. But that's one of the like um apparently like you can see Tom Holland visibly aged throughout the film because of how long it did. Because I think like this is like their first shot in like twenty sixteen or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. And then because of like this, like, you know, Tom with Marvel and Daisy with Star Wars, you know, like reshooting was a bitch. So like it took ages for them to actually like, you know, do what they needed to and like all the delays that came between that as well. So like I think like wow. the, like like someone pointed out in the comments, but I, I didn't really see it. But apparently, like, in like this, like two very glaring shots in the trailer where you can see like Tom Holland has very much aged. That's so funny. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, but yo, Jane, this is a book. This is a book series. I didn't know anything about this other than what I just said about it being terrible. Apparently, um, yeah, it's based on the book series of Chaos Walking by Patrick Ness. Um, I, I for, for the longest time I thought it was just going to be based off the first book, then I've never, never letting go. But apparently, uh, it might be smushing all three into one. But I'm not sure. I think that's just rumors at the point. Um, but I, yeah. I, I I really love uh, the 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 book. I think Patrick Ness is a really great writer. He um he writes really well, and especially about like realistic things. Like he um he has a few things about like um. Uh, like a, uh, I, I can't recall the title at the moment. Uh, what's it called? Release uh, is is a is a banger. Um, so I, I really enjoyed Patrick Ness, and I think he, I'm pretty sure he wrote the script or he collaborated on the script for this. So I'm really excited for this. That's awesome. So you, have you read the you've read the whole series? No, I've only read the first book. Okay, okay. Um, I read the IMDb synopsis for this movie, and I just vaguely remember it was like Bird Box and. And uh, what's that other one? Uh, a Quiet Place. Wasn't it because it didn't have something to do with like the post-apocalypse and sound or something? Um, so what it is, it's a world without women pretty much. Um, and there's this thing called the noise where everyone's thoughts can be heard. Like like there's like everyone, you know, like, 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 like if you think it, it's just projected and everyone else can hear it. And then oh. uh, Daisy comes along and, uh, you know, She's the first woman that they see in like a long time, and then you know, that's they, Maze Runner. And they also don't hear her noise. No, it's it's nothing like Maze Runner. Um, oh, okay. I'm worried that the film might make it like Maze Runner, but like the book is 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 not like Maze Runner. And and the reason that they show in the trailer for that, and the reason that they show, I, I can't recall the book because I think I read it like five years ago now, but it, it seems very different. 
And I'm not sure if that's because there's information revealed later in the book as to what as to how she actually got there, and and I and I just don't know about it, or if they or if they changed it. But like, it seems very different, and I'm cautiously optimistic about what they're going to do with it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. I mean, this might be something I'm into. You know, I don't mind a good old like young adult novel adaptation of of a film series. You know. So yeah, and it's it's also um it's Doug Liman directing. Who I, I quite like, especially because of Edge of Tomorrow. Um, oh and, right, and some others. I can't. Yeah. What, what else is he? He's directed some other stuff. I can't recall at the moment. But um, and because he's attached to it as well, I've kind of got some hope as well. Because you know, so like that's a writer, a director, and like two, and Mads Mikkelsen's in it as well. So like, there's there's, there's quite mm. a few like names in there. So like, I'm I'm quite, you know, keen on it. Sweet. Okay. Okay. Well, Tom Holland continues to pop up in literally everything. So good for him, I guess. I'm intrigued by this movie. And then, of course, Tom and Jerry's got a trailer. This is CG, Roger, and this is just a full. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a Who Framed Roger Rabbit type of case. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, mm. Chloe Moretz is like the main character, I think. And uh, I think uh, uh, Michael Pena is that is that his name? The Ant Man mm-hmm. dude. And uh, yeah, there's some other people I can't recall. But yeah, it's it's gonna be one of those where like you know there's, there's the live action people interacting with animated, you know, cartoon characters. Um, now, Finny, I I feel like you're the type of kid that didn't watch Tom and Jerry. Oh, you nailed it! <laughs> you. Oh, I fucking knew. I, I was watching the trailer, and I knew I was gonna bring it up, and I, and I was hundred percent expecting you to be like, "Oh, I never really watched it." And I was, dude, Tom and Jerry is magnificent, and it's the I think it's like the funniest shit I've ever watched. Like from wow. the time when I first watched it when I was five to now, that shit's been. Wow. Now, hang on. First of all, like, what made you say that? Because you're totally right, and I feel like you've got this intuition with me, but. I, I, I don't know. It's just something about you. You just sensed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like I've like I've seen it. You know what I mean? Like I've seen it on Cartoon Network or whatever back in the day. But it's always been a boomerang. thing of, yeah, it was on Boomerang too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Or maybe it was just that. I don't know. But like it was the situation of it was always just on something else uh, after something else. So like it plays for fifteen minutes and I watch and and they just chase each other and I'm like okay. So that's kind of all I got from it, but I'm sure it's great. Like, you know, like yeah. people seem to like it. It's been going on for generations. So yeah, the new series isn't fantastic, but uh, you know, like the 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 the, the original one and then the uh, I think the second one they made quality. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah. Um. It kind of yeah. I mean, like this trailer looks fine. I mean, like it it looks like what you'd expect. One really annoying thing is that they changed Tom's scream, which means nothing to you, but to us, it, it's Tom's scream is a is a pivotal part. Of the uh, of 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 the franchise, but I think there's there's something to do with copyright around it, or I think one of the voice actor might have died or something like that. So they had to alter uh-huh. it, but that's uh, that's unfortunate. Oh, okay, okay, that's weird. Are you surprised by the live action animated uh, amalgamation that this is? Because like that that sounds bizarre to me in 2020. I've never even heard of this movie before, and the fact that there's big names in it. Um, you know, I was like, right. what the fuck? Um, doesn't really surprise me because they, aren't they making a Space Jam too soon? I mean, like, so like. Oh, are they really? Oh, no. Pretty sure I heard rumors about that. So, so wait, are Tom and Jerry in this movie, are they CG or are they like 2D? 
like is it full who framed Roger Rabbit in terms you know what I mean like they're it's they're regular they're not redesigned for like 3D animation. they are I, I think it's based on the the character design in this is based on their redesign from the newest series I think okay okay and like the, so like they, they have that traditional 2D it's 2D but I think it's kind of with the intention of making it look a bit more 3D than what the originals were. Right. Uh, the only other news we got is that Wonder Woman is, and that is Wonder Woman 1984, which Fitzy didn't know existed, but it exists. Um, but it comes to Wait, we've talked, wait hold on. Now. We've talked about this on the show before. How do you not know that it exists? No, no, but when we previously talked about it, Fitzy uh, didn't know it existed at uh, that point. Oh, that's yeah. right. Sorry. Yeah, no, I do remember him talking about it. Sorry. Yeah. No, oh, that's yeah, right. yeah. I, I thought it was... Um... The one that was already, already out. out already, yeah, right? that, that, yeah. Yeah, I thought a sequel was already out, and this was a, that was the third one. But uh, it's coming to HBO Max now because they've just given up on pushing it to to theaters. You know, well, well it's, that it's is a, that it's is, a theater right. and and HBO Max release, isn't it? That sounds right because yeah, obviously, I would assume here they're just releasing in theaters. You know, because and that's still what the theater websites say. They're still sticking with their Boxing Day thing for good old Australia and the theaters. But of course, makes sense for HBO Max in the US, you know. So they're doing that. Um, Get hyped. When I was at the cinemas, we saw the uh, trailer. It looks, looks pretty good, actually. I like the, I, I like some of the eighty stuff they're doing. Yeah, it, it looks kind of colourful, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah. And um, the the fight between what's her name, the cat cougar. Oh, cheetah! Is that what it's cheetah, called? Yeah, cheetah. But Cheetah's design just didn't work for me in live action. In that, of course, haven't seen the movie naturally, but like just those little shots, it, it just kind of looked weird, you know. Like CG. What's the actress's name? She's in like those Kristen comedies. Wig? Kristen Wiig. That's it. Yeah, and she's like CG Cheetah running around. That was kind of weird. Uh, I can't recall exactly, but I think when I saw it, it reminded me of Cats. Is that correct? Yeah, I can see that. The face, the face is a bit weird. Uh, okay. But like, I think yeah. the bodies are okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to see. You know, I'd be very surprised if I see this in theaters. But you never know with me. Let's chat about our highlights of the week. I think I'll go first this week just to spice it up. It's wild. It's wild. What have I been watching? Great question, Zach. <laughs> I've been watching. <laughs> oh, leave it to me to be cringe. Um, I watched The Crown. The Netflix show, you know, The Crown. It's about old Queen Lizzie, Queen Lizzie the Second, and uh, and her fam across all kinds of time periods and decades. But uh, I've only seen. Is this bizarre? And I don't really like it. But the fact that the show is largely anthology based, um, like it's not that big of a deal. I've only seen the third, and now the fourth season came out about a week ago. I think maybe two weeks ago. So I've been watching the third and the fourth season, and these seasons are the ones with uh, Olivia Coleman as Queen Lizzie. Um, because prior to that, it was Claire Foy, you know, because they do the the time jump throughout her life or whatever. So, mm. and the show, like, I don't know. Have you guys heard a lot about it? Because I feel like I've heard a fair bit of, like, universal sort of praise for it. Yeah. But I don't know if it deserves that. Is that what you guys have heard? Am I in an echo chamber on this one? Yeah, no, I've heard a lot of praise for it. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's good. I like it. The production values are insane. You can tell, like, Netflix treats this as one of their premier shows. Um, super well shot. 
Um, you can see the budget everywhere and the recreation of the sets and things is very impressive. Um, well, we established earlier you don't like a true story, so perhaps that's why this isn't quite hitting for you. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But this does have the benefit of each episode is just sort of a different thing. Like I hesitate to say event because that sort of indicates that it's like a, a historically significant event. But like, no, like the one we watched last night was just Princess Diana just hanging around as like a 20-year-old doing something. So that's not really historical. That's not an event, you know what I mean? That's just like focusing on her for some reason. Um, and then, yeah, but then you do have historical events in there. Like there's ones where they deal with, you know, things in British history. Old Maggie Thatcher's rocked up now. So, you know, that's a thing that's happening. Um, Who plays her again? I don't know her Cause name. Because I, I remember seeing a, a quote from the actress saying, like, playing Thatcher was difficult like to to not difficult but like to 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 truly get into who she was she said she had like really like work you know to to get into it thanks for buying me time i'm 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 almost there it's uh gillian anderson or yeah that's right i've never heard of this person have you heard of this person yeah she was on um x files and uh, sex education oh yeah i can see that yeah yeah she's really good she's really good as someone who hasn't actually heard Maggie Thatcher like speak much in in uh, real life in recordings or anything like that, she's got a very specific voice that I presume is quite accurate because otherwise it's very specific, it's very deliberate. But yeah, I don't know. Like this show's good, is what I'm saying. Cool production values. I recommend it. Generally speaking, if you're sort of into the subject matter of these characters and the royals and shit, um, it's a cool insight into some of their relationship dynamics. Um that I presume is based in reality. Like there's clearly, like, there's a lot of things in the show where you watch it and it's like, you don't even have to look it up. You're like, that definitely did not happen. <laughs> that happens a lot. But I don't know, for the dramatization of what they're going for, and it does enhance some of the character development. I I, I can accept it in that context. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's cool. The stories aren't mind blowing. There's not really a huge through line. You know, it's not like the show's shocking you with plot twists of holy shit. You know, Prince Philip just died. You know, <laughs> like that, that shit obviously can't happen. So it loses a bit of intrigue. God, Christian fucking Prince Philip just cocked in the middle of the season. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'd give it a 10 if that happened. So, you know, no, I'm giving it a general recommendation if you think you'd like that sort of story. Um, but it, I wouldn't say it's like, you know, oh, you need to watch it no matter what. Uh, the series initially treated me back when it was like Foy and Matt Smith, like at the helm. And like, mm. if it were, if it sucked those two seasons, I think I might have watched it. But then, seeing them at the third and fourth, I think it was too big of a commitment for me to want to get into. I understand that, but anyways, Fitzy, what have you been watching? I watched Tenet, which I, uh, which I really enjoyed. No, like the problems people have with it don't really make sense. Like the uh, the hearing and the dialogue and the lack of kind of emotional stuff happening. Um but just as like an action film it's very early enjoyed it, like it's very exciting and the soundtrack is uh, uh the soundtrack's very exciting and I really love that and uh, the you know the set pieces and everything. And, um, yeah, it's just such an original concept. So I mean it's confusing as hell. Um like I didn't it's not that I didn't just understand uh, the actual 
the mechanics of the concept or whatever, but like parts of the plot definitely uh, eluded me as of what was happening. Um, yes. Like it's definitely it's one of the most disorientating films I think I've ever watched. But um, I think that was kind of part of the experience, and it was it was a good time. Yeah, it does. It does feel like a movie that needs to be seen in multiple times, for sure. And that's why I can't wait to do that. But Jaden, what about you? I would talk about Before I Fall. I guess kind of just your. I'm pretty sure it's an adaptation of a novel, and it's kind of pretty standard in your teen drama type of thing. And you know, mm. is this girl living in this Groundhog Day situation? Um, it's pretty. It's predictable as it's pretty cringy, but it's rather enjoyable. You know. And I think that's the story for most films of that sort. Um, I think Deutsch did a pretty good job as a lead actress. Um, and you know, I think it was um, like in a, in a general manner, it was it was it was, it was, it was well made. It was um, very pleasant to look at. Um, but yeah, it wasn't anything overly special. That um, sure, that's been on my watch list because um. There's this letterbox user who has like like six thousand films or something, and it's in his one of his favorites. Yeah, I don't like him because he um because I know who you're talking about. He wrote a very uh, negative review for Katie says goodbye, and it just seems like he. I mean, like like I said when I first talked about it, like it, it, it I understand why it's a very polarizing film, but like it just feel it just feels like he was so off with that. Yeah. I mean. It, um, he's really kind of wild, to be honest, but, um, <laughs> yeah. But, yo, I'm just saying, like, teen drama, is it, like, teen dr- romance drama? Is this what's happening in this movie? Um, yeah, it doesn't have, it, it, I, I, I would have expected it to have a, a lot more significance on the romance angle, but it doesn't, which is mm. kind of nice. Mm. Um. Right. Uh, uh, you know, I'm a fucking. You know, I, I'm a sucker for teen, teen, teen dramas, and you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll eat oh, that shit yeah. up. You know, I love, oh, so I, 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 I love a good high school drama, but um, yes. but you know, for 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 this one to not have it, uh, like it, it, it's definitely a part of it. Like you know, the 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 the, the, the it's not a thing. It's oh, I guess it kind of is. I don't know. It's it's but it's not as emphasized as as it would be in in other ones. All right. Yeah. No, I, dude. This is this is one of my ultimate genres this is like my guilty pleasure genre for lack of a better yeah. term i'm not even that i'm not even guilty about it it's not even that yeah. but i guess like that that would be the category i fit it into sort of um and oh this is why i want to watch 13 reasons why all the way through just for this i didn't think the second season was very good dude i gave up on the second season after like four episodes i i i, I, could, I couldn't do it you couldn't do it no nah. yeah. i understand yeah the second season wasn't good but but i don't know like i still enjoyed it <laughs> You know, like just all the crazy shit, like, I don't know, like the, the, the relationships and the back and forth and, uh, yeah. I don't know, all the wild shit those teens get up to and when they beat the shit out of each other. I'm, I'm here for it, you know. <laughs> and the fact that there's two more seasons of it that I haven't seen, I'm like, I'm committed to watching those at some point. <laughs> They're probably not good, but I'd have a blast, I reckon. Let us get into our, what is this now? Our question this of the show. This is show to them. Yes. Oh, Jane, you nailed it. Thank you. Oh, but now I've dis- you've disoriented me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> last week we asked you what your favourite documentary film was. Uh, Luke wrote in and said, not much 
sorry, not oh, Jesus, not so much a movie. Sorry, Luke, but a documentary series. That's totally fine. I probably we probably should have allowed that more specifically. Cosmos: A Space Time Odyssey, a fantastic third and episode journey through the ship of the imagination, exploring the universe in fascinating depth and detail, from the solar system, global warming, electromagnetism, paleontology to stars, microorganisms, and light. Jesus, God. Each topic displayed visually and articulated through the soft, soothing vocals of Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Would oh, does he like recommend. the Tyson one? I thought he preferred the one with Carl Sagan. Are there multiple iterations of this? I think there's two. DeGrasse's one was based on um, um, Sagan's original Cosmos series. Very cool. Okay. Lockie says, I'm not even sure if this movie is necessarily a documentary it's film. It's not. <laughs> let's let's wait till the end till we start uh, but Schindler's List was an amazing movie that I loved watching I just love how Neeson's character broke down at the end of the movie as he was overwhelmed with guilt for not being able to save more Jewish people from the camps yet was comforted by the 1200 or so which he had saved I mean yeah not a documentary film Lockie but we appreciate you anyway thanks for writing in I don't know yeah I mean I, yeah you totally are. You're totally wrong. I was trying to like sort of find a way to make it make sense. Of like, oh, I can sort of see why you'd think it's a documentary film. Because um, black and white. <laughs> yeah, it's black and white. Um, Liam Neeson's a real person. Um, you said you just thought it meant biopic. You seem confused between biopic. Yes. And that's right. That's right. So that's okay. That's okay. But uh, what are our answers to favorite documentary film? Jaden. Well, my favourite's Dogtown and the Z-Boys, but I've already talked about that. So I'm going to say Tower, which is this really cool, like, hybrid film where it's, like, it's, 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 um, it's, 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 it's about the first school shooting in America. I think it, it's about when this dude took, um, this Texas university, he went to the top of the, the clock tower and he just basically started shooting a bunch of people, which is horrid. Um, Jesus. But the, 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 the film is really brilliant um, because it, it's comprised of, uh, you know, uh, real-life footage from the day and, like, radio, um, you know, uh, broadcast, and then also interviews with survivors and then also uh, rotoscopic animation. And it, it's, it's oh, really yeah. superb in the way they blend it all and, and, it, and in the way it's executed. It's really fantastic. And it's such a tense story. And the way they tell it is really emotional. It's really fantastic. I'd recommend it to anyone. It's only like 80 minutes long as well, so it's a, it's, it's really brilliant. Yeah. Tower. I'm adding it right now. I've never heard of it, but that sounds sick. But, uh, it's probably between um, Hoop Dreams and Crumb, but I've talked about Hoop Dreams. Crumb. Crumb is directed by uh, Terry Zweigoff, who also did Ghost World, which is also a big Um, it's about this uh it's about this cartoon artist, um, and uh some of his brothers, some of his family members who they had a really uh like weird childhood and they kind of turned out turned out to be kind of strange adults. Um and like uh Robert Crumb himself is like is he did like Fritz the Cat and uh stuff like that, but He's also known as a, like, a really kind of controversial cartoonist artist. A lot of like uh, 
sexually explicit kind of stuff, and some people think he was really kind of, some people really don't agree with a lot of his, uh, his work in terms of, like, how provocative and stuff, in terms of, like, race and sex and all that. Um, but no, it's just this really fascinating, uh, dive into his life and his family's life, and, um, um, yeah. They grew up to be quite odd in the sense that they like anime? Hmm. No, no, um, like, the like one brother is, one brother is, like, uh, I don't know if he's homeless, he's kind of, it, they're just very strange individuals. Um, they're okay. very, they're very, they're not integrated into society, I guess, is a way of saying Yes, yes. Surprising they don't like anime. Or maybe they do. That was really forced. Uh, my answer is probably, I mean, I don't know if it's my favourite ever. I'd have to think about it more in depth, which God knows I didn't. Um, my Octopus Teacher is a film I watched very recently, and it stands out as a terrific, terrific movie. Uh, and it is a film about this dude who lives on the coast of South Africa and he's like passionate about, he's a diver essentially. And he's passionate about that. So he goes out swimming in the, in the, like some of the most crazy wild ocean. Uh, I think they said like on the coast, anywhere on the planet, it was wild looking at it, dude, like the friggin' waves were nuts. Um, but yeah, so he goes out snorkeling in there and all diving in that area. And he basically befriend, befriends an octopus that's hanging out there. And, yeah, it's just about the relationship between this dude and an octopus that's living in the ocean. And, you know, octopuses, octopus eye. <laughs> octopi. <laughs> Whatever. Octopi, yeah, I, I, that's, that sounds right. They apparently, well, they, they, uh, they only have a lifespan of one year from birth to death. So it's about this one year he spends with this octopus. And it's sensational because like the film is entirely made up of, and he just filmed the entire, like every time he saw the octopus. So the film is literally just us watching him, his footage, he filmed himself and he is a, by trade, he is a cinematographer. So it's this awesome thing of, it's just footage he filmed of hanging out with this octopus and all this footage he captured over that year and him then just cutting between him and uh, and then in, in the future now, just like talking about the experience and, yeah, I don't know. Like it, the topic itself is interesting. It sounds like it might not need a feature-length film to communicate what I'm talking about here, but it really is cleverly edited and constructed in a way that it, it creates this this story of this relationship, and you feel like there's character growth and and progression in understanding and compassion, um, not just between you know him and the octopus but of course between you know us understanding octopuses because octa octopi <laughs> because because you kind of learn so much about that species as well so i learned so much about them just through that and then yeah no it was a, it was a yeah, really no, plural <laughs> yeah, exactly i d- definitely didn't not until right now that was a lot i know everything else about them though but um but no that that was a really really cool movie it's like 80 minutes i think it's on netflix i recommend people check it out um it's got some really nice emotional weight to it at times too. Um, as long as, yeah, as well as being educational and, and all that shit. So yeah, I think it kind of perfectly encapsulates what a documentary film should try and achieve. 
So yeah, that's an endorsement from me. But that's it for Cinema Effect this week. Thanks everyone for tuning in, as always, as always, as always. Fitzy, what are we watching next week? Sorry, was that repetitive? (laughs) (laughs) I said it three times in an effort to sound a bit different. Um, (laughs) I was so confused. I'm really glad that you commented because I was I was hoping someone would question it as if like was that a was that an audio glitch? No, it wasn't. Wait, what are you guys talking about? I said <laughs> as always three times in a row. Oh, okay. Fitzy definitely noticed. Uh, but what are we watching next week? Um, uh, the Godfather Part Three, which is on Stan. Are you guys scared for this? It's supposed to be a. Uh... Oh, great. Uh, it'll be fun if it's bad. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm scared it'll be, like, not bad enough to be fun, but not good enough to enjoy mm. Yeah, yeah I, I'm kind of... I think that might be the case, and I agree with you 100%. I want it to be either, you know, decent or really bad and that it's funny. Exactly. But if it's just boring, then that's not going to be... That's not going to be fun. Anyways, anyways, we all appreciate you tuning in. And by you, I mean audience member, which I think I already said that. I already said that, didn't I? Yeah. But we do. It's worth saying twice, I guess. Yeah. Oh, 47 of you. Yeah, the, I've been very impressed by the views in recent weeks. Mm. I was talking about the 47 subs, though. Yes, yes, 100%. They're the only ones we should really care about because all these other chumps click on it thinking, oh, there's not that many um, – what what the hell did we do last week? No, no, no. What, oh, shit. Yeah, but that's not what I was thinking. Uh, yes, that's it. That, that, that's exactly what I meant. There's oh, someone scrolling on YouTube. Oh, there's not that many Nocturne videos out there on YouTube. I just watch Nocturne. I want to see someone else's opinion on it, and they click on it, and they realize it's an hour-and-a-half podcast where they're staring at an image, and they immediately click off. <laughs> just, uh... So screw those people. Just, uh, just go to sleep with us, you know, and have a bit of ASMR, help you fall asleep. Absolutely. You shouldn't be searching for a video. You should try and readjust, recalibrate what you're looking for in a, in a film thing, in a film piece of entertainment, and, yeah, 100%, make, make it your uh, bedtime ritual. Yeah, I, I say that, but I hate ASMR so much. I don't understand it either. I, I, I respect that it works for some people's brains. Dude, if I wanted to hear, hear, you know, some bloke spitting in my ear, like, I'd just go out on the street and just ask someone to do that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Sorry, sorry, Vinci, did you say, were you a supporter or a denier of yeah, ASMR? Yeah, I Do you? Wow. And does it, does it, what, like, really have, well, what effects does it have on you? Well, for some people, they're supposed to get a certain tingling sensation but i don't personally get that i just find it like relaxing especially just music at this point like i just put it on like music you know but i don't do it to fall asleep or anything it's just right right okay okay cool and what do you have like a certain like i don't know anything about this world is there like content creators of asmr that you like prefer over others okay well, yeah, I follow. Well, I follow like a ton of people now, and listen to different people. But it comes in phases, you know. You want to listen to one person for a couple of months, and 
Sure. Your brain wants to listen to someone else. And your brain suddenly wants people sucking on Skittles, and that's like the noise of the week. No, I hate, I hate food. ASMR, it's disgusting. <laughs> but like, how, how is someone whispering, like, you know, supposedly, like, you know, satisfying words in your ear any better? I don't know, but, like, a lot of people who like ASMR, then I've seen in, like, comment section and stuff also say that they hate food ASMR. Because it's, it's just, like, right. chewing and food, and that's just, like, it's a different story. I mean, I could keep this going. I could keep asking questions, but uh, yeah, we'll leave it here, I think. <laughs> we'll leave it here. Anyways, anyways, have a great rest of your week, everyone, and goodbye, 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 goodbye. Uh, I hope they're questioning if it was the computer or not, but that was just me. That well, time. YouTube did that glitch a, few, a while ago where it did repeat the final words, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now they'll know. It wasn't YouTube. Unless, of course... You can just cut this all, you know. Yeah, I probably should. I probably should do that.